morning. Happy New Year. It's good to see all of you here this morning. I'm delighted to be here on this Feast of the Holy Name. We'll begin our service of Holy Eucharist, right two, on the first page of our seasonal booklet. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, you gave your incarnate Son, the holy name of Jesus, to be the sign of our salvation. Plant in every heart, we pray, the love of him who is the Savior of the world, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. Our first reading is from the book of Numbers. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the Israelites. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord makes his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. This is the word of the Lord. Let us please read together Psalm 8, found in your insert. O Lord, our governor, how exalted is your name in all the world. Out of the mouths of infants and children, your majesty is praised above the heavens. You have set up a stronghold against your adversaries to quell the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have set in their courses, what is man that you should be mindful of him, the son of man that you should seek him out? You have made him but a lower than the angels. You adore him with glory and honor. You give him mastery over the works of your hands, and you put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, even the wild beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and what walks in the paths of the sea. O Lord, our governor, how exalted is your name in all the world. The second reading is from Galatians. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, 
So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. What's in a name? It was a famous line by Shakespeare in Juliet's soliloquy. <clears throat> you know, names are kind of funny because a name is something that is often given to us or to something else. Uh, when you name something, you have a bit of ownership over it. You know, back in the creation story, God says to Adam about, here, I'm going to give you all these animals, right? What do you got to do? Name them. You know, and then you have, you get a pet maybe, and you name your pet. Why? Well, who knows, especially if it's a cat, they don't know their own name. But we do it anyway, right? You know, oh, this is my snake Barnabas, because, you know, it really cares. Um... And you name kids, and sometimes people, when they have major life changes, they might change their name. Maybe they get married, or something major happens in their life that they feel like they need to take ownership of their own life. So they change their name. Names are important. Names mean a lot. Today is called the Feast of the Holy Name, January 1st. It doesn't often happen that we hit a January 1st on a Sunday. Uh, the Feast of the Holy Name does happen every year, by the way. Uh, we only just happen to notice it on a Sunday once every seven years or so. And the Feast of the Holy Name was formerly called, the more unfortunate name, the Feast of the Circumcision. <laughs> you know, because we're having brisk cut. Uh, oh my uh, that was not the reaction I expected out of that joke, so well done. So our gospel narrative today picks up, it might have sounded sort of familiar, thinking, wait, I heard this a week ago. Well, it picks up right where, right where the Christmas narrative leaves off. 
In fact, in the Christmas narrative, it was what we read today was a parenthetical. Um, and then today's adds on this one sentence, this one line. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. I've often thought the naming of Jesus is kind of funny because, actually, I think I was not here this particular Sunday when the gospel reading came up, but two weeks ago in the gospel, Joseph has this dream, right? You remember that story where Joseph has the dream and they say, you know, remember Isaiah and he shall be named Emmanuel. So name him Jesus, which I always think is kind of funny. But, you know, Mary and Joseph do what the angel commands. They name him Jesus. But there's a funny thing about biblical names. See, we, we don't think about this very often because we just hear a name, right? You know, Peter, James, John, Jesus, these names. But biblical names all mean something. Go back to the first reading, reading from Numbers. Uh, Numbers is not exactly the sort of book you read for great entertainment. <clears throat> but we have today this brief moment of, of, that's kind of interesting in the book of Numbers, the end of chapter 6, where it gives us what is called the Aaronic blessing, not the ironic blessing, but the Aaronic blessing named for Aaron, the priest. Familiar words, you've probably heard them before. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And then, of course, it ends up today because God says, and then they'll praise my name. And so, oh, it has his name. But those words, that, that blessing, God gives these words to Moses to pass on to Aaron, who will be the, the archetype of a priest for Israel for all time. It's a liturgical form to be used throughout generations. Now, most of everything we've read up to this point in Numbers deals with a lot of minutia in various things. Mostly it's counting heads. It's a census, duties of various groups, and, of course, then it's followed by the ever-exciting section on the use of temple utensils. But this blessing is really interesting because this blessing is one of those many pieces we, we could just, if we're reading through, we might gloss over it. But it does stand out. The blessing is a transition point in the book of Numbers where up until this point for six chapters, we've been talking about all the people that have followed Moses out of Egypt and are out in the wilderness and now that we've had them out in the wilderness, we're figuring out who they are and what every group is going to be responsible for in the temple. We've talked about the priests and the Nazarites and how they're told to serve God. And God, after all of these people are accounted for, God says, bless them. Isn't that wonderful? It seems so mundane, but all of that is built up to the point where God just says, and now my blessing is on you. And God tells Moses to relay this message to Aaron. This is how my people are to be blessed. 
That same people are given instructions then for a temple that would not be built for another 500 years. That would be built in a land that they wouldn't even get to for another 40 years. In fact, Moses never even makes it to that land. They were led there by a guy named Joshua. Which, by the way, is interesting. Joshua, in Hebrew, the name is pronounced Yeshua, whose name centuries later would be translated into Greek, rendered as Yesus, which then is translated into English as Jesus. That name, Yeshua, the one who would lead a people prepared for an age they would never see into a promised land they would never fully own in their lifetimes, a name that for centuries would be given to another one who would open the gates for all people to enter an unseen promised land, that name is none other than the Hebrew word for Savior. Names mean things. It's another interesting thing about that name. You really want to get a little bit linguistic nerdy with me for just a moment. I guess you're a captive audience. You can't do anything about it. So here we go. Um, that grammatical root in Hebrew, yasa, if you were to add the Hebrew word for please after it, na, and then you were to modify it to be a command, would drop the first vowel or first consonant and replace it with a, a sound. Um, and that is the word that gets shouted in triumph as Jesus is entering Jerusalem, heading for his death. Hosanna. Now, many people, when we get to Palm Sunday, what do we think? We think Hosanna is just another word for hallelujah. It's a word for joy and praise. But in reality, friends... What that word means, we see this guy riding in on a donkey and we are begging him, please save us, O Savior. It harkens back to that name that was given to him and begs that he fulfills what he came to do. In our second reading today, St. Paul says to the church in Galatia, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law in order to redeem those who were under the law. So that we, so that we might receive adoption as children. There's a lot packed into that sentence. God sent his son under the law to redeem those of us who are under the law so that we might be children. Yes, we are adopted as children of God, led into a promised land as those that were under the law, yet free of the law. And not because laws are bad, they provide order. But the relationship is different. The relationship with humanity is no longer a formal relationship like citizenry. 
But now, it is an intimate relationship, like family. And then scripture reminds us that each of us are called by name so that we can call back Abba, Father, as heirs of the realm of the Most High God. It was no mistake that that child was given the name Savior, one that hailed back to the Savior of God's people 1,400 years prior. But more than that, it is one that tells generations to follow that he is the Savior of all of God's children, a name that has opened a promised land to all of us so that we may one day cry out to our Father in heaven. Amen. Please stand and join me as we proclaim our faith in the words of the Nicene. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Prayers of the people are form six. In peace, we pray to you, Lord God. For those in the armed forces, and especially those deployed, Mikey Raina Mains, in our parish cycle of prayer, Claire Thornley, David and Nancy Toretta, for those celebrating birthdays, George Christman, Greg Nelson, and Ken Porter, for those preparing for the birth of a child, Danny and Nicole Marzal, for all people in their daily life and work, for our families, friends, and neighbors, and for those who are alone. For all the Burlington Area Churches, Love, Inc., the Transitional Living Center, the Women's Resource Center, the Diocesan Hospitality Center, for this community, the nation, and the world, for all who work for justice, freedom, and peace, 
for the just and proper use of your creation, for the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression, for those who are in need, Deacon Georgia Agner, Margie Beely, Jane Clothier, Sue Hollingstead, Cindy Lawrence, Betty Lorenzi, Mary Nichols, Jerry and Lana Ramsey, Gary Twist, Sharon Twist, David Toretta, Jimmy and Tommy Yanni, and Jill Yorn. For all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble. For those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy. In the Anglican cycle of prayer, La Iglesia Anglicana de Mexico. For the peace and unity of the Church of God. For all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek the truth. For Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, our presiding bishop, Jeff, our bishop, Matthew, our interim priest, Jessica and Becky, our wardens, Phil, Connie, Deanna, and Pat, our vestry and clerk. For all bishops and other ministers. For all who serve God in his church. For the special needs and concerns of this congregation. Hear us, Lord. For your mercy is great. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. We exalt you, O God, our King, and praise your name forever and ever. We pray for all who have died that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom, especially Pope Emeritus Benedict the 16th. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them who put their trust in you. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. And so uphold us by your Spirit that we may live and serve you in newness of life to the honor and glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Thank you for joining the St. John the Divine podcast. If you're interested in worshiping with us, you can visit us at 9 a.m. at our church, which is at 216 East Chandler Boulevard in Burlington, Wisconsin. If you want to learn more about us, you can click the link in the description or visit stjohnthedivine.org. Just remember, we're the one in Burlington, Wisconsin, not the cathedral in New York. Have a great day. Bye.